0: Hello, dear listeners. This is something a bit different. A bit of a cold opening, if you will. Uh, so a lot has happened since the last upload. Good things and bad. Uh, let's start with the good. Well, to begin with, I got married, so that's great. And second of all, I moved to a different state. But in the process of moving, I forgot to pack my microphone that I normally use, Which is why this audio sounds a bit different. I'm using a temporary mic and uh, have not figured out all the settings yet. So because I got married and had to move and did all that, I fell behind on uploading, which I apologize about. Another thing that happened that wasn't so great was the Kickstarter that I announced in the last video was canceled. Um, It's a long story, but it is being postponed until the end of the year. So, Godspeed is coming, but just not right now. So, keep an eye out for that. I hope you all are patient with me while I get my bearings. I'm in a one-bedroom apartment with my wife for the next four or five months uh, until I can get my studio up and running. So, until then, and until I get my mic back, which is hopefully in a month or so, audio might be a little crazy on this temporary mic. I pre-recorded as much audio as I can before moving, so hopefully I can use that. But uh, yeah, just wanted to make that announcement. But other than that, let's get on with the episode. Hello, dear listeners. And welcome to the No Too Creepy Podcast. This week's story follows a group of kids who get volunteered for a mysterious scientific study. Throughout their time, essentially trapped in the lab, the four children are exposed to strange, often painful, experiments. Why is this happening to them? And more importantly, can they ever make it out alive? Written by Reddit user Death by Kool Aid Man. Here is The Volkov Experiment. Does anyone who lived around Seattle in the 90s remember Dr. Volkov's Children's Laboratory? I don't remember the specific town. My mom and I moved around a lot but I definitely remember Dr. Volkov. And I remember hearing his commercials on the radio. I remember he said he'd give whatever families would let him borrow their kids, something like $100,000, which honestly sounds super suspicious. But hey, my mom was a single parent who just needed some cash. I was eight years old, I think, when she first signed me up. And one of my most vivid memories from this was walking into the lab for the first time. It actually looked pretty fun. It was like a giant playground with slides and swings and everything else a dirty little kid would want to get their hands on. There were three other kids there, and we played hide-and-seek together while our parents chatted and signed some papers. Then, Dr. Volkov came in. He had a very strong accent, which I couldn't place at the time, but now I recognize as Russian. Hello, families. I thank you for giving up your free time to take part in my studies. I assure you, If I am successful with these experiments, we will make history, he said. And the parents gave a polite applause. Us kids caught on too, and gave cheers, which were not as quiet. Once the parents leave, I will take the children and start my studies. They should be returned to you within the next year, give or take, he said and the parents murmured to each other. Once again, thank you for your sacrifices. I will see the parents off now. Farewell. Children, say goodbye to your mummies and daddies. Dr. Volkov said. We all waved goodbye, except for one girl who ran up to her dad and hugged him. I wish I had done that now, too. After the parents left, Dr. Volkov turned to us. Hello, little ones. I am so excited to work with you. Now, follow me. We followed him into the lab, which was decidedly less fun than the front of his lab. It was all white, with five rooms that had big metal doors Decorating the sides of the hallway, one for each kid. There was some strange equipment that I didn't know the names of. There were four kids, three boys, including me, and one girl. We introduced ourselves. There was me, Michael, and Dalton, who were both eight years old. Then there was Cassandra, who was nine. And the oldest, Andrew, who was ten. Dr. Volkov explained that we'd still have time to play together, an hour a day, but most of our time was to be spent working on our experiment. Dalton raised his hand. What's the experiment? Dr. Volkov smiled. It almost looked fake. Who here has ever wanted to have superpowers? All of us went ballistic. We all wanted to be heroes. What if I told you that it is made possible with us? That's right. Over the course of a year, I will make you four into a group of superhumans each with your own special power. All of us clapped. That sounded amazing. And with that, we were sent to our rooms. The interior of mine was strange. No toys or posters or race car beds like the one I had at home. There were a lot of lights, though, but a lot of them weren't on for some reason. I was tired, so I laid down in my little bed, decorated with lightning bolts, and went to sleep. The next day, Dr. Volkov taught us more about the experiment. He was going to condition all of us to have superpowers, and then make us sort of a super team to fight bad guys, We all had different superpowers. I was going to get the power to manipulate energy, which made my room make a lot more sense. Dalton would be able to talk to the dead. Cassandra would be immortal. And Andrew was going to gain the strength of a gorilla, which we all thought was hilarious when we heard it at first. Our training was to begin immediately, and they sent us all away to separate rooms. I was sat in a large chair, where Dr. Volkov's assistant, named Katya, sat with me. Hello, Michael. How are you? We're going to make you into a super boy. Isn't that exciting? Now, this may hurt a little, Without warning, she pulled a lever, and the chair I was sitting in suddenly lit up. I was being shocked by an electric chair, and I began to cry. Don't worry, little boy. I will not kill you, but I will make you strong. Don't you want electricity powers? I thought about it, and even though it hurt, Electricity powers started to sound really cool. I nodded, and she shocked me again. I cried. And that was my life for the next while. Getting shocked, crying, and getting shocked again. Until one day, maybe two or so months later, when they tried something different. Here, hold this, Michael, Katya said, handing me a metal rod. This will hopefully conduct enough electricity to go through you and power that light bulb. Put your hand on the light bulb, Michael. I obliged. Now, ready? Three, two, one. She then shocked the rod, which sent electricity through me and into the light bulb. It hurt, but not as much as it should have. Katya smiled and called Dr. Volkov into the laboratory. He was elated. It worked, child! See? All the days of training you to be resistant to electricity worked. Now we can continue our experiment. Go play. You earn your free time for the day. It wasn't until then, when I went to play with the other kids, that I noticed the changes. We all looked weirder, less normal. Dalton kept whispering to nobody and wouldn't really talk to any of us. Andrew looked weirdly buff and kept climbing on things. And Cassandra honestly looked kind of scary. She looked all stitched together, like a rag doll. As Dalton stood by himself, Cassandra, Andrew, and I sat down and talked. I don't like these experiments. They're scary, Andrew said. They keep giving me shots, and then I have to lift weights. It hurts my arms. I later learned that through the shots they were giving him, Andrew was actually being injected with gorilla DNA, which is terrifying to me. I'm scared too. They keep hurting me. Every time a part of me dies, they stitch on a new one. See? Cassandra lifted her shirt, revealing a part of her stomach that had been removed and stitched back on. They say that if we do it enough times, I'll be immortal. Did you see what they're doing to Dalton? My room is next to his. I hear it all the time. They make him sit with dead bodies, and he'll talk to them. It scares me a lot, Andrew said. I looked over to Dalton. He had big circles around his eyes and looked pale and gaunt. Part of me wondered if he had been secretly replaced by one of the dead bodies. That night, something weird happened. I was awoken by a bunch of red, flashing lights and alarms. Something was wrong in the laboratory. Katya came and carried me out of my bed, and I saw other workers carrying the other kids out too. Everyone except Dalton. We had heard a bunch of screaming from another room, as the three of us were ushered into our playroom. I held Cassandra's hand, and Andrew stood in front of us, trying to protect us. I have to join them. I have to join them. They told me. We heard Dalton yell as Dr. Volkov's voice desperately tried to calm him down. Screams. And then silence. For a long time. We slept on the stuffed animals in the playroom that night. We never saw Dalton again after that and his door was boarded up. At the time, I just assumed his mom took him home but they didn't give us much time to look for him because all of us had more experiments the same day. Michael, do you remember when you did a great job with that experiment and you made the light bulb light up? Well... That was just the practice round. Next month, we're going to do the real deal. We're going to put metal plates in your hands and make it so that you can conduct energy even without holding the metal rod. Doesn't that sound great? Katya said. I squirmed in my seat. Yeah. I lied. And we did more training. I will say, the shocks hurt so much less than the first time. It was getting easier. As time went on, things got even more weird. Cassandra and I had our rooms right next to each other, so we would see each other a lot. She kept getting more and more stitched up, One time while we were playing in the playroom, we noticed Andrew was not there, which worried us. I heard Dr. Volkov and Andrew's worker, Alexei, talking. They said he's acting strange, like a monkey. He's climbing everywhere and attacks them if they get too close. He doesn't even talk anymore, Cassandra said, adjusting a stitched piece of her skin on her face. Oh, well, how's your experiment going? I asked. Not very good. They say I'm making progress, and that the stuff they're giving me in the shots is working, They say it's a chemical that makes people's endurance better. I think that's the word they used. But they still have to stitch me up sometimes. I don't know if it's really working, though. All they've been doing is hitting me with things and cutting me with things. Not even actually killing me. She said. I looked at her arm. To my surprise, it had not been completely sewn back on. That sucks, Cassandra. Mine are not going well either. I don't know if I have electric powers yet. I thought by now I would, I told her. This place is getting boring. I'm sick of the playroom. Let's go exploring. Cassandra said, pulling me up from my seat as a stitch fell loose on her arm. I tried to resist, but she was surprisingly strong. She dragged me through the halls, which were empty. I guess the workers were all on their breaks. It was like a maze in there. When we went past the child's ward, a.k.a. our ward, we saw a bunch of medical stuff that looked weird. It looked fancy and official. There was a door at the end of the hallway, which Cassandra pulled me into. When we were inside, we found a bunch of documents. We picked them up, and started reading. The Volkov experiment, she read out loud, conducted to test the limits of the human body and mind, mentally and physically. Subjects, Dalton McDermott, Michael Porter, Cassandra Colombo, and Andrew Scott. That's us. Keep reading, I insisted. Subjects will be repeatedly tortured, under the ruse of being trained for greatness. They will be injected with placebo shots, beaten, electrocuted, forced to endure heavy physical activities, and locked in rooms with dead bodies. This experiment will test the theory formed by Dr. Dmitry Volkov that if children are subjected to torture while under the assumption the result will be positive, along with being given positive reinforcement from mentors, they will experience less or different traumatic responses to said torture. We looked at each other. So, you mean, we're not superheroes? I asked. Tears began to form in Cassandra's eyes, and we heard footsteps somewhere in the hallway. We'd better get going, she said, grabbing my hand as more stitches fell loose in her arms. We raced down the hall and back into the playroom just as Katya walked in. Bedtime, children, she said, and she took us to our rooms where she tucked me into bed. I didn't sleep that night at all. The next day, is when all hell broke loose. During free time, Cassandra and I decided to check on Andrew, who hadn't left his room in days. Andrew, hello, we said, opening the unlocked door. What I saw in there will haunt me for the rest of my life. He was going, no pun intended, apeshit, climbing on the walls of his room. His eyes were glazed, like he had no idea what was going on. He wasn't even talking, just grunting and screaming. We ran to get an attendant. Katya! Andrew, he's He's crazy! The gorilla DNA you put inside him, it's working," I said, and Katya ran to hide us in the playroom. Andrew had escaped his room. Cassandra and I pressed our ears to the door, trying to listen in. -"Subject 4 is reacting poorly to the gorilla DNA, Dr. Volkov," Katya reported as they tried to track Andrew down. No, no, impossible, Dr. Volkov said. We didn't give him any gorilla DNA. It was a placebo, he said. And even though at that age I didn't know what a placebo was, Cassandra and I looked at each other in shock. That is... fascinating... Let me write this down. We heard him say. No, Dr. Volkov, there is no time. There is a breach in the room. He is somewhere in the building. Katya said, panicked. No, no, let me... Dr. Volkov, subjects two and three are in danger. And so are we. There is no time. I will not take... Dr. Volkov! Suddenly, we heard screaming and running and chaos. I guess Andrew had found them. When everything was quiet, Cassandra carefully opened the door to the playroom. Dr. Volkov and Katya, or at least, what remained of them were lying on the floor in a mess of blood. Andrew was in the corner, hyperventilating. He turned around and rushed towards us. Cassandra screamed, but he stopped in front of us. Uh, Andrew? I said, shakily, not even expecting him to say anything. Go. You're... you're free. He hissed, and Cassandra and I stood there in shock. Are... are you stupid? They're coming. Go... before they get you. He said And only then did we notice The men in biohazard suits Running toward us Cassandra and I Ran and ran Until we found the exit Into the playground At the front of the building We heard Gunshots behind us And Andrew's screams But we didn't care All we could do was run out that door, out of the hellhole we had been in for months. We waited outside the door for a while, hoping Andrew would come out after us, but he never did. That was the last I saw of the Volkov experiment. No documents were ever published, no police reports. Nothing. Cassandra and I went our separate ways, back to our families, and soon, my mom and I moved towns. Sometimes I wonder if I dreamt the whole thing. But last week, at the coffee shop, I saw a girl with strange stitches up and down her body, and as she left with her drink, We made eye contact, and I knew she recognized me, too. I guess some things you just can't make up. Question of the Week, dear listener. Would you agree to participate in an experiment that could possibly give you superpowers? What if, just by signing up, you got 10 million dollars? You get the money either way. Whether you come out as Captain America or as some type of living zombie abomination. Honestly, I would. Screw it. I'm in. Thank you again to the author of this story, Reddit user Death by Kool Aid Man. A link to connect with them and see more of their work is, per usual, in the show notes. Until next time, everybody, this is your host, Dan David, reminding you all to stay safe out there. I'll be seeing you in the next episode. Nope.